has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, no sad Christians, no down Christians. Come on, we should be up every single day. Come on, this is a day that God can do some miraculous things in our lives. If we'll just get up and believe every day that it's a good day, then good things will happen to us throughout the course of that day. Before you all are seated, uh, I'm telling you, if you missed Friday night's A Night of Freedom, I don't know where else you could have been anywhere. I don't know what else you, you could have been doing on a Friday night. But we just had a fantastic time, man. It was a fantastic time. Really what it was about was us getting together as believers, as the family of God and converging on that one place. And it was great to see over 200 visitors show up on that night. Thank you to Myron Giger and 102.5 uh, FM for allowing us those spots on the air, which obviously drew a tremendous amount of visitors to that venue. Uh, I think there were about 38 altar call respondents. How many know God was glorified on Friday night? But I also want to acknowledge that none of that would have been possible without the dynamic staff that we have behind the scenes, the full-time staff, part-time staff. Man, let's give them a big round of applause. Man. Contracts, it's a whole lot that goes into that. A lot of stuff that's happening. But in addition to them, I can go on record, and I can say this with confidence. Linked Up Church has the best Dream Team volunteers in the United States of America. I believe the best music department, children's church ministry, ushers, hostesses. I mean, it was so much going on. MODs, parking lot ministry. There was so much going on. And it looks like every time I looked at the run of the service, man, we were hitting our time schedules just like clockwork. Almost, I think we were early heading out to the fireworks. By the time we got out to the fireworks, we had to wait about five minutes or so. So we hit all our, our time schedules, and we could not have done that without those wonderful volunteers. I want you to give them the best applause you can give a group of people, okay? And I want to encourage everyone else out here. Linked Up Church is called to do something. We're, to, we're called to connect people to God, connect people to each other, connect people where their families are concerned, and the workplace and community. I'll clearly define for us coming up in the fall really what the win is here, and we're going to keep a compelling scoreboard. But really, at the end of the day, we want every single one of our members either connected to small groups or connected to the Dream Team. How many know God didn't call you to sit on the bench? God called you to get in the game. And if you look at all of these NBA salaries going out right now, bench players are making a lot of money right now, right? And, but but they, don't, they can't still come close to what the starters are making. So the, the pay is different for those who actually play the game and those who watch the game. Come on, my job is to get you in the game because that's where all the big paydays are, okay? All right, uh, last thing I want to say, this is 4th of July weekend, so I'm going to get right into what God has for us today. I know a lot of you all have events to get to. Some of you all might have uh, meat already simmering. My wife had me out grilling on yesterday, so we're going to get you all out. But I want to remind you that really it's not about the barbecue. We thank God for the barbecue. I had some beef ribs on yesterday, man. We thank God for that barbecue. And it will last a couple of more days. We'll be eating good for a couple of more days. But let's not forget our soldiers. And let's not forget our troops. Okay. We're celebrating independence and freedom that other people provided for us. And they were willing to sacrifice their lives. I don't feel threatened in this building right now. I feel free in this building right now. And how many know someone paid the price so that I can stand here and preach this gospel freely like this. Okay? So let's not forget about that. If you have family members, loved ones, and friends, call them. If they serve, call them and tell them you appreciate their service to our country. You appreciate the freedom that you're celebrating on this holiday because of their sacrifice. Okay? So I want to encourage you all to do that. Just shake someone's hand today. Tell them God bless you. Let them know it's good to see you. And then you can be seated. We started a series on last week entitled Biblical Laws of Prosperity. Strategically, I have not taught about prosperity or money on purpose because I didn't feel like I needed to make that the focus of building a ministry from the ground up. Now, I mean, even though I haven't talked about it, is it clear to see that God supplied all of our needs? Yeah. 
Right? And so what I want you to see here is if you take care of the kingdom, how many you know the kingdom will take care of you? Right? And so now we're going to circle back around and we're going to get into some things. And so let's read our three opening texts and then we'll get into some new material for today. Turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So many people say, you know, I've already heard this. I already know this. Uh, you know, I've, this is like my 20th time hearing a message on this. How I many know you don't really know it until it's manifested in your life? So the issue is not how many times you've heard it. The issue is how real is it in your life? Right? So if we're still living from paycheck to paycheck, we don't know it. Come on, if we can't go on a vacation, we don't know it. Come on, don't shout me down now. Right? We don't know it if we're not living it. So if faith doesn't come by having heard, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing all the time. Okay, watch this. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith cometh by hearing and then hearing by the what? Word of God. So it's real clear that we're hearing. There's a Greek word which means hearing and hearing and hearing. You need to hear things multiple times, and it's telling you what you need to hear is the Word of God. You need to hear the Word of God on any particular subject as much as you possibly can to get the full benefit of it in your life. So it doesn't come from having heard something two years ago. It comes because you keep it fresh in your ear, which means it keeps faith alive in your heart. Can you all see that? So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If all you watch is the news and what the news is saying about the economy and gas prices and oil, how I many know over time you'll get faith for a gloomy economy because that's all you're hearing. So pay, take heed how you hear because it's going to impact and, and affect your life. Then go to John chapter 17, verse 17. I love something here that Jesus said, red letter edition. He said, sanctify them through your truth. And then he made it real clear what truth is. He said, thy word is truth. The word sanctify means to set apart. I believe with all of my heart there should be a difference between us and the world. And it should be distinct, not something that we talk about, but something that they can actually see that our marriages are different, our households are different, we live different as singles. Everything about us should be different, and they should envy us as opposed to us envying them. Right? And what sets us apart is the Word of God. Now, go with me to 3 John, verse 2. 3 John, verse 2. And we know in verse 1, John is writing this to the elder Gaius, who is a beloved friend of his. Everything in my research this morning just pretty much told me this is a longtime friend of John. And this is really because of their uh, covenant and the relationship that they have. He, he refers to him as his beloved. How I many you know men can be intimate with each other? The right way. Men can be close. And it's okay for men to tell each other, hey, man, I love you, man. And I appreciate you. There's nothing soft about real men standing up and looking out for each other. Let me try uh, I need to hear some male voice. I said, nothing wrong. Nothing soft about real men standing up and expressing love for each other. I thank God for my best friend, Bishop George Davis. I love him. After my wife and children, I love him more than anybody else on the planet. That is my best friend. I love him. I appreciate him, and I am blessed to have him in my life. Nothing soft about that. It's a blessing. So what you have here is John writing this to his beloved friend, elder in the church uh, by the name of Gaius. And what he says in verse 2, look at what he says here. And I love it here. We can actually substitute truth here for the word when reading it. But notice what he says. Beloved. And he's speaking to Gaius, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. But he said, what? Even as your soul prospers. For I greatly rejoice when the brethren came to me and testify of the truth or the word that is in thee. Even as thou walketh in the truth or in the word, I have no greater joy than that my children walk in the truth or in the word. So there are a couple of things here. Children refers to more than one. So it's quite possible that he led Gaius to the Lord. But then it's also quite possible that he's also expanding this letter to those that he had also reached and had become born again and saved 
under his ministry, okay? So I wanted to make those things clear. So he's writing specifically to John, but he could be speaking to a larger audience here. And we know all Scripture is inspired by God and the Holy Spirit. How many know it's also speaking to us? So really the Holy Spirit is saying he wishes above all things that we would prosper and be in health, but let's not minimize even as thy soul prospers. Right? What is the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions? How many know you can have a whole lot of money and be mentally all messed up? We see it all day, every day in our society. And that's really learning how to control your thought life. If you can't control your thought life, then your thought life will control you. So many people are in prison today, have a victim mentality, think people are out to get them, setting their lives up to protect themselves from getting hurt. And really, the only ones they're putting in prison are themselves. So it's so important. We can't minimize the fact that he said, even as your soul prospers, your mind, your will. How many know you have a will and God has a will, right? And if you want to prosper, then you've got to get your will in line with God's will, right? And so it has to be the final authority. I don't want to do this, but God, you said it. So I'm going to align my will with your will. Soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. How many know a lot of people are emotionally just shipwrecked today? All over the world, just emotionally shipwrecked. So, again, you don't learn how to control your emotions, then your emotions will control you. And so many people make one bad decision out of wrong emotion. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Domestic violence, a lot of different crimes, different things. People are emotional. They respond, and they allow their emotions to control them, and it ends up controlling the rest of their lives. One bad decision emotionally where they couldn't control their emotions can really set the course of your life in a completely different direction. Now, that was the foundation from last week. Today, I want to begin talking about 14... And I'm only going to do one today so that I can let you all go. We're going to talk about 14 keys to understanding biblical prosperity. 14 keys to understanding biblical prosperity. 14 keys. The goal was to do two to three per week. But again, because it's a holiday, I'm just going to get this one in and make sure I get you all out on time. How many of y'all appreciate that? Now, if you say, take your time, Pastor, keep going. I won't do that. I've got another church to get to. Number one today, understanding spiritual and physical laws. Now, again, the best way to follow along is through SoundCloud, okay? That's why we give these messages away for free. So you want to write down as many scriptures as you can that we'll use, basic points that I'll say around each scripture. But if you're serious about this, because I'm getting ready to give you the whole role, then you'll go back to SoundCloud, listen to this over, get all of it, and then look to apply this to your life. Because what makes this real, what makes this a law, is that it works every single time, and it'll work for whoever uses it. Number one, understanding spiritual and physical laws. We must understand that there are laws governing every single thing in existence. Everything that we see, everything that we do has some type of law that brought it into existence. Nothing in life is by accident. You are not where you're at by accident. You are there on purpose. I am not where I'm at in life by accident. I am here on purpose. Whether we realize it or not, we are operating in laws that are in this earth, known or unknown. It still does not take away the fact that they're here and we are operating in them. And everything that's in existence in our life is a result of one or the other, okay? So pay very close attention uh, here as we go through this, okay? These laws, they are laws of the world of the spirit. And there are laws of the world of the natural, okay? So there are spiritual laws, and that's what govern the spiritual world. And there are natural laws, and that's what governs this natural world that we live in, okay? Now, the laws of the world of the natural govern activities in the natural or physical world. If you all would look up here at me for a moment on this stage, you'll notice that I'm not floating. Some of y'all probably run out of here if I just started levitating, right? No, the reason that I'm not floating is because there are natural laws in the earth that keep me on the ground. Whether I believe in them or not, they are here, 
And the reason that I am standing with both feet flat on this surface on this stage is because there's a natural law in place that's keeping me on the ground. And it does not matter whether or not I believe in it or not. It's here and it's going to work whether I agree or believe or not. Can you all see that? All right, let's continue to work through this thought. We know that that is what's called the law of gravity, and most of you all know that, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but it is the law of gravity is the reason why I'm not floating right now, right? How many know I didn't put that law in the earth? Man didn't put that law in the earth. These were laws that were in the earth long before we showed up. Most scientists believe that there's a magnetic field in the center of the earth that pretty much pulls everything down, okay? And it's called the law of gravity. It was always here. We didn't invent it. Invent it, we what? Discovered it, all right? Don't forget that point, okay? Always has been here. We didn't invent it. We discovered it, okay? The physical laws can be manipulated, and this is so important for when we get to what's called the spiritual laws. The physical laws can be manipulated. Listen very carefully. The law of gravity is used when flying an airplane. How many of y'all know the law of gravity is used? But there's another law that supersedes the law of gravity, and it is called the law of lift. Now, the law of gravity and the law of lift have both been in the earth since the earth's existence. It just took us time to discover it. Whether it was realized or unrealized, it's always been here. Most people believe the Wright brothers, I think their names were Orville and Wilbur, discovered flying somewhere in December of 1903, right? And, and so, how I many you know, man could have flown way before then. They were the first two to actually get out of the boat and try to discover it. I think what really happened, you know how they say necessity is the mother of all inventions? I think at one point they woke up and said, you know what, I don't feel like walking all the way to the next state. And how many know necessity caused us to discover some things out here, right, and invent some things. And so we know as a result of that, they discovered what was called the law of lift. Now, listen very carefully. The law of lift supersedes the law of gravity. But never make the mistake that even while superseding the law of gravity with the law of lift, that the law of gravity is still present. It's just been superseded by a higher law. Which is why sometimes planes crash when they malfunction. There was nothing that could keep that plane in the air once the law of lift had been broken. So even though it superseded it, listen very carefully, it did not do away with it. So important for where I'm going today, especially when we get on the spiritual side. Because we as Christians are supposed to operate above. See, the, the, where I'm, well, don't, let me not get ahead of myself. When you put the law of lift in operation, you can fly. But again, if you don't understand that the law of gravity is present also, how many of you can get cocky while flying? So I want you to listen to me. You better respect both laws even though you're superseding one. See, a lot of times as Christians, we can get cocky. And we don't realize this other law is still in the earth. So even though we have the authority to supersede it, we've got to keep working that. That's why faith doesn't come by having heard. You'll see where I'm going with this today. So easy for us to become professional churchgoers. How I many of you can be a professional Christian? You just know what to say. You know how to say it. But we don't live and we don't, we're not bathed in this every day. Okay. Now, we need to realize that the spiritual world and its laws are more powerful than the physical world and its laws. So if you understand what I just said, then the law of lift is more powerful than the law of gravity. Right? It can supersede it. But listen to me. It will not do away with it. All right? Stay with me. Spiritual law gave birth to physical law. The world and the physical forces governing it were created by the power of faith. 
And I want you all to listen. Faith is a spiritual force. Say that with me. Say, faith is a spiritual force. God is a spirit, and he created all matter, and he created it with what's called the force of faith. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's read verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, I want to focus in on, on part B of that. Notice what it says. The worlds were framed by the what? What were they framed by? Come on, let me hear you say that. Say it a little stronger. So the world was framed by the what? So then you can frame your world by the word of God. How was the world framed? So then if we're to imitate God, then we can frame our world by the word of God. Your world can look exactly the way God said it would look if you'll frame it by the word of God. How many know you are a Picasso? You're an original. And you have the ability to create what's never existed before because that's why God made you unique all by yourself. We don't want to, I don't want to be the next somebody. I want to be the best Joel Gregory God created me to be. So the worlds were framed by the word of God. Watch this now. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So everything that we can see was created by something that we can't see. Remember that thought, okay? Whenever something happens in your life, how many know it was created before it ever happened? Good, bad, or indifferent. So before you physically saw it, you were believing and saying some things that created that in your world. Good, bad, or indifferent. So when good things happen, how many know behind the scenes there was some spiritual force taking place? And it brought to manifestation in the natural what we can now see, but it happened in the supernatural. It happened in the spiritual realm that we can't see long before we ever saw it in the natural realm. Stay with me. Think back to what we talked about. The law of gravity then would be meaningless if gravity were not a force. What makes the law of gravity real is the force behind it, right? So I can say all day long, I don't believe in the law of gravity, but let me jump off this stage. And I can can bust my head wide open and still say, that's not real. Get back up here again. But because it's a law, every time I jump off this stage, I'm hitting that ground. I'm going down. So then that law has a force behind it that makes it real. So is it safe to say we wouldn't even believe in it unless we saw the reality of it? Is that safe to say? All right, listen very carefully. The law of faith is the same way. The law of faith is useless without the force of faith. So it's one thing for God to speak it, but how many know something had to get behind it to make it come to pass? So, again, I don't have time today to go back to the garden, but the Scripture says, and God spoke, and the Spirit of God moved. And God said, and the Spirit of God moved. So, notice, anytime words are spoken in faith, then there's a force that comes behind that to literally bring to realization what it is that we actually spoke. Now, listen, the same way I can make the choice to believe in that law of gravity or not, the reality is the force of it is going to bring me down. Faith works the same way, folks. I, you can sit there all day long and say, ah, that's that. You can say that all day long. But the reality is you are creating your words, by, or your world, by what you believe. Okay. Let me get two real good amens on that. If I sit around and all I talk about is how messed up the world is, I'm getting ready to, my world getting ready to look as messed up as the world is. (laughs) 
So faith then is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual energy and it's a spiritual power. It is this force of faith which makes the laws of the spirit world function. So when the force of faith is put to work, then these laws of the spirit function, listen to this, according to the way God said and created them to function. But it is just a law if we don't put any force behind it. Everybody clear? All right, go with me to Romans chapter 8, and let's read verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. One of the greatest revelations we have to get as believers is what I'm getting ready to uh, read to you right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in what? What I need you to understand today before I leave this building is that God will never condemn you. As long as you stay in Christ Jesus, you can never be condemned by God. So listen, if God won't condemn you, then you better not let people condemn you. You can say to me all you want to. He'll never make it. You'll never be this. They'll never do that. You can never succeed. You'll be just like your father. You can say that to me. He's not smart enough. He's not this. You can say whatever you want to say. But the reality is your words can never condemn me. And they can never stop that force of faith from operating in my life because it will supersede that negative law you've been trying to shoot at me. And until you get a firm foundation that if God hasn't condemned me, then I'm, getting, I'm definitely not getting ready to let people condemn me. You can reject me all day long and say what I'll never be and what I'll never do. But God said I can be whatever I want to be. God said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. God said I'm more than a conqueror. So many of us are in prison to what other people have said about us. and We've let people condemn us when God himself has never condemned us. So there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Here's the key. Who walk not according to the flesh, carnal thinking. Now you understand why John said, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health even as your soul. Because wrong thinking will produce wrong action and it'll produce wrong results in your life. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? So he's setting up verse 2 with verse 1. To God be the glory. So as long as I am in Christ Jesus, what signifies that is that I'm in the spirit. Or as we read earlier, I'm in the word. So being in the word keeps me in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously then judgment is going to come. When I get in the flesh, when I allow my thinking to be outside of the word of God, let's keep reading here. Verse two, favorite verse in the Bible, one of them, all of them are, I probably say that every time I get up. Now watch this, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free or has superseded the law of of sin and death. It did not do away with it, right? How many of y'all have sinned since the last time I saw you? Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand. I don't want you conscious of that. But I think we're all very much aware that sin and death is still present in this earth. But God has given us an ability to ride way above that. But we can't get cocky. Hello, somebody. And not realizing that it's still here and rest on our laurels and think that because I gave 10 years ago, that gift 10 years ago is still blessing me today. I mean, we've got to be everyday Christians if you want everyday results. So he said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there are two functional laws in the world of the spirit. One is the law of sin and death. It was put into operation 
by Adam, right, in the Garden of Eden, when he gave that blessing back over to Satan, gave Satan authority and dominion over this earth, right? And, and mankind has been looking to get the blessing back ever since then. And we know that Jesus, we got it back uh, when Jesus, or through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the law of the spirit of life is now the master law under which we operate as children of God. Now, many people refer to it as the blessing in the Old Testament, right? And it is. How I many you know he's still talking about the same thing, right? God created man, woman after his own image, after his own likeness, right? He created them to have dominion, uh, authority and dominion, right? He told them to replenish the earth, and then he blessed them, right? What does blessed mean there? He empowered them to prosper. He empowered them to succeed. If you look at 3 John chapter 2 and you look at that word prosper there, brethren, I wish above all things that you would prosper. It literally means to succeed on your road in life. How many know God created you to succeed? And he gave you every skill and tool that you would ever need to get from one destination to the other if you properly know how to get there. Right? And you can get there. It is 100% guaranteed that you'll arrive at your place of destination successfully if you'll just follow the road map. All right? And so we're still talking about the blessing. And the New Testament is just called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And folks, listen to me. Everything is supposed to work. And I want you to draw this conclusion today. If it's not working then I'm operating under a wrong law. If things are being stolen from me, things are being destroyed in my life, come on, somebody. If I'm losing things, it's because I'm operating under the wrong law. Whether I believe in it or not, you can sit there all day long. Whether I believe in it, if it's not working, I'm under the wrong system. Marriage should work. Your children should be successful. You should be able to get a job. Your business should flourish. You should become debt-free at some point. All of that's in the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. Listen to me, folks. I'm going to say some very strong things. You should never get sick. We should not die sick in a hospital. Well, what are you talking about, Pat? How should we die? It's called going to sleep. When we're ready, should the Lord tarry. How many of y'all glad you came today? All right, let's keep traveling a little bit here. The law of the spirit of life is the master law in which we're supposed to operate as children of God. And it supersedes the law of sin and death. And faith is what causes it to function. Now, listen to this. There are certain elements which, when combined, will bring forth the results that God intended. All right? How many know God intended for all men to be saved? How many know that was his, his intention? I don't think he sent his son to, go, to die that horrible death for people to go to hell. But the reality is they're going every day. And that was never his intention. How many know his intention is for you to succeed? But many people sit in churches every week that are not succeeding. See how it works both ways? Because all he can do is put the law out there. You have to bring the force. Let me prove that to you. Go to Joel very quickly, chapter 2. Let's read verse 32. And then a complimentary scripture will be Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Joel 2, 32. 32, 232. Slow down, son. Got tongue tied up there. Had a Steve Harvey moment. And then Romans chapter 10, 13. Joel 232, Romans 10, 13. Both of these verses say the exact same thing. Right? What does Joel 232 say? And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? That word delivered there, saved. Put Romans 10.13 up there for me. Romans 10.13 says the exact same thing in 5, 4, 3. Romans 10.13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. 
Shall be what? Shall be what? Didn't it say whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? That means delivered, caused to do well, sozo, made whole, to prosper, to succeed in every level of their lives. So it's available to everyone, but does everyone walk in it? Right? Once again, it's not his desire and his intent for people to go to hell, clearly, right? We just read two verses. But every day people are dying and going straight to hell. So notice, he respects their right to choose. Just like because I become born again, it's not automatic that I'm getting ready to prosper. I have to choose prosperity and put the force behind the laws by my action in order to manifest the reality of it in my life. I mean, good intentions won't get the job done. This same rule will apply to prosperity. There are certain laws that govern prosperity, and they're revealed in God's Word. They're laws, but it's faith faith or the force of faith that causes them to function. And they will work, listen to this, when they are put to work. I'll say it again. A lot of people know it, but they don't work it. If you didn't write anything down, they will work when they are put to work. Did you all hear that? It's just a law until you put force behind it. So it's going to require some cooperation here. How many know it's not all God and it's not all you? And in reality, I'm going to show you a verse here in a moment. He's finished, folks. Jesus said it is finished. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. You're up here talking about, come on, Jesus. Come on, just show up, Jesus. Come now, Lord. Come on, Lord. And he's sitting down. And you know what he's saying? Come on now. Get up now. Move. Come on. Get up. Come on. Read. Study. Come on. Confess something. Say something. Come on. Give something. Come on. Go look for a job. Come on. It's not going to come knocking on your door. Hello. And so our response then is the force. We're responding to what we believe he's already done. I'll show you that very quickly. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let me show you something. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, and then we're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And I've got about seven minutes left on my clock, so let me speed up. So this will work when it is put to work, right? A lot of people say, I don't believe in that prosperity stuff, but they don't give a penny. See, I knew that side right there was, I knew they'd check out on me right there. A lot of people say, I don't believe in that. Just like you can say, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Doesn't mean it's not real. It's interesting how we can say we don't believe in something that we don't participate in. As Christians. And it's in the word. Did Did I leave Faith Linked Up Church? I'm still in the same building. It's okay to say amen out there. It's okay to encourage your pastor a little bit. Come on, somebody say, that's, it. that's good right there, pastor. Say, say, stay right there. Yeah, that's all I need right there. Then I, then I might walk the whole, I might walk the back of the chair. First Peter chapter 1, verse 25, watch this says, but the word of the Lord endures how long? That word endures means it's established. It's a law. So the word of God is going to be here forever. This earth will pass away, but not one jot or one tittle of my word. It's going to be here, folks, and it is a law forever. Watch this. God's word speaks, or God speaks. His word became law in the world of the spirit. Notice what Jesus said. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Verse 4, once God spoke it, then how many know it became a law in the spirit realm and there's nothing? Listen to me. They can come up with a new law all day long that same-sex couples can get married. It will never supersede God's original plan for mankind. Come on, somebody. And man will always end up realizing that they are not smarter than God. And it'll bring more destruction, more death, more sin. Come on, I'm not talking about anyone. I'm talking about we cannot change what we didn't create. Yeah. 
And think about it. It makes no common sense. You put two females together and none of us would exist. Come on, folks. You put two men together and none of us would exist. If you put their bodies side by side, it does not fit. And if it does not fit, you must acquit. Glory to God. Come on, church. Don't leave me out here by myself. Come on, we need people that believe it because God said it and that settles it and I'm not changing what I did not create. How am I going to outsmart God? How do I have a better way to do something than the way God created it? How? Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you want to start living, she's about to make me start bucking up here in the... Boy, man shall not live by bread alone. Obviously, you need bread to live. But what he's showing you is that there's something much more powerful and much more prevalent and much more relevant than the natural food that you put in your body. It is the spiritual food of the word of God that will feed your natural body for the rest of your life if you'll make it priority in your life. Hallelujah. 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 Go with me to Mark chapter 11. The success formula in the Word of God produces results when used as directed. So many times we go to the doctor, the doctor gives us a prescription Take this, do this, do it exactly this way. Come back and see me in six weeks. We go back in six weeks in worse shape than we were six weeks earlier. The doctor says, did you take the medicine? Well, I didn't take it all the time. At times I forgot. Hello, somebody. So so it couldn't work the way it was prescribed to work because we didn't use it as directed. I mean, that's not the doctor's fault. I'm changing doctors. How's that his fault? When you didn't take the medicine. It's no different. I'm on the stretch machine at the gym. Lady comes in, and the first thing the trainer told her, take off your shoes. Get on the scale. She said, I don't get on scales. She said, I go by my dress sizes. She said, I can tell. This is what the trainer said, but I can't tell. So the only way I'll know we're getting results is I've got to measure you. And there were several tests that she needed to go through that she was unwilling to go through. Once he said that I can't work with you unless you're not willing to do this, she got emotional and started crying. What I liked about him, he said, those tears and that emotion won't help you lose any of this weight. See, until you decide to follow it the way it's prescribed, you can't say it doesn't work. See, so she didn't really want to lose weight, did she? Isn't that interesting? That's the first thing. She's here for her assessment. She didn't know a part of the assessment was getting on the scale. She saw the scale. The scale spoke to her. I'm not getting on that. Her answer was, I know by my clothes. He said, I know by the scale. How can we track you and measure you? If you're not going to do it the way I prescribed it. So when she left, he came right over to me and said, she would have wasted my time. I would have put together a complete program for her, and she wouldn't have stuck to any of it. And then left me and went to another trainer. Mark chapter 11, 23. Whether you believe this or not, here's one of the success formulas found in the word of God. 
says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Whether you believe that or not, what you have in your life is what you've been saying in your life. And it's either coming out of the law of sin and death or it's coming out of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But reality is you have what you've been saying. You all still love me out there? Some good stuff, isn't it? Okay, watch this. Jesus here is introducing a principle. And listen, folks, it is a spiritual law that works every single time. Whatever your eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, whatever gets in and comes out, you've allowed to get in your heart. Right? And the Scripture tells us it's not the things that come from without that deceive the man. It's the things that come from within. For within comes adultery and fornication and theft and all these things, right? But, but to wash with, clean with unwashing hands or, or to wash with, un, to wash with uh, unclean hands, that doesn't defile a man. So if you understand the kingdom, there's nothing from outside that can destroy me. If I'm being destroyed, it's coming from within. And I'm the only one that put it in through my eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate. The system didn't do that to me. When I bought into the system and began to say it out of my mouth is when that happened to me. My, my relatives, my in-laws didn't destroy my marriage. It's when I listened to what my in-laws said and I repeated it. That's what destroyed my marriage. See, and if you're still focusing on people and what people are doing, you're missing the whole point of the kingdom. Kingdom of God is not uh, peace, is not uh, a meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's all inside, folks. We can't let nothing external impact what God is doing internally. Oh, it's good stuff today. Oh, good stuff today. All right, watch this. So whether we believe it or not, it's going to work every single time. Whatever I say, even though it may be contrary to what I see with my physical eyes, how many of you know I can get a manifestation of it in my life? Why? Because I'm acting just like God. God calls those things that be not as though they were. So even though I might not have money, the last thing I'm getting, not getting ready to say is I'm broke. What I'm getting ready to say is I'm loaded, man. Listen to me. And I'm believing, God, the ship is coming even as I'm speaking right now. It's coming in. You all understand the difference? See, I got to call those things. And what happens is, how I many of they come right into the pocket? Because these, these laws are in the earth. And I created it by what I said out of my mouth. Linked Up Church is getting ready to buy its first building debt-free. It's getting ready to happen, folks. I've been calling it in since the church has been in existence. Nothing can stop that, whether you give or don't give. If God had to send a St. Bernard, come on, with a barrel under his neck. Come on, somebody. And millions of dollars drop out of it. It wouldn't matter because I'm operating in a law that people can't stop this one way or the other. When you act on it and you mix your faith with it, you don't doubt in your heart, that spiritual law will work for you every single time. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, watch your mouth. Tell them it's so important to the results that you see in your life. If you want to see different results, say different things. Come on, somebody give God some glory right there. Okay. 
Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. I want to show you how this functions, okay? Again, I've been taught all my life one way, and I thank God for that. It got me to a certain point. But I want to show you where I've elevated to in my believing, okay? I thank God for everything that I've learned up to this point. Well, how many know all revelation of the Word of God didn't die when certain giants of the faith died? And if we'll keep studying it, how many know God will keep giving us more and more revelation and keep building? There's no way we can exhaust this. And what happens is we stay in one generation because such and such taught it that way. Hello, somebody. And that's it. No, that's not it. How many know revelation is progressive? All right, so let me show you where I've shifted to how this formula works, okay? A lot of times we think we got saved by faith, right? How many of y'all believe you got saved by faith? You didn't. You got saved by grace. And everything that we're going to learn operates the way I'm getting ready to show you. If you think it's about you and your efforts, you're going to fall on your face every time. Folks, it is about God and his efforts through Jesus Christ. And his finished work and our response to that that brings to our life everything that he's already provided. And I'm getting ready to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved. Sozo. Delivered. Caused to do well. Made whole. By grace. That was a gift from God to you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Good to see you, Kobe. Let me show you what I'm talking about. When my wife and I had two children, I mean, our gift to them was to provide them a life that they could succeed in. I mean, they were just born to us. They didn't deserve it. Matter of fact, they do stuff right now that, boy, I take this shoe off and, boy, I'll knock you, I'll knock you in the next week. But it still doesn't change the preparation that we have prepared for them to do well. And it's always there. And the moment they respond to their parents right, then they release everything that we've already provided. If they come to us talking about, where's my money? I did this. I did that. You if that's your attitude, But if you come to me and you say, Dad, you are Dad, and there's no one like you, Dad, you're El Shaddai, and Dad, you sacrificed so much for me to be and have what I have today. I want you to know how much I love and I appreciate all that you've done for me, Dad. And that as a result of the appreciation that I have for you, I've gotten all A's. Now, how many of y'all know right there, I'm going to say, boy, name what, it, what you want. Name what you want. Come to me the other way, and you get nothing if you make it about you. Okay. So, for by grace are you saved, watch this, through faith. So, then your faith is your response to what he's done, not what you've done. And what's frustrated people over the course of their lives is they've said they follow rules. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that, and it didn't happen. You know why? Because your faith was in your efforts. I followed the seven steps. I followed the five, and nothing happened because all your faith was in your efforts. And then you probably went back to God and said, God, why didn't you? When you don't realize, he already did. So, for by grace are you saved through faith. Then he reiterates, and that not of yourselves. You didn't do nothing to earn that. Prove that, Pastor. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, he died when we were in our worst condition so that we could have his best. All we had to do was respond to what he already provided. Everything works this way. I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed. And when I cooperate with these laws that are in the earth about my body, 
My body has to stay well its entire existence. It has to. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. Reiterates it again, not of works. Lest any man should boast. Well, how you know you're boasting? I do this, I do that, I serve, I give God, I volunteer, I'm there all day, I've been tithing since I was a teenager. Why did you let this happen? You're in trouble because now it's all about you. Instead of saying, God, you're so good. I just lost my job today, but I know you already have a better job in place for me. Come on, I know it's Satan that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You didn't have anything to do with this. All you're doing, this rejection, was some form of protection. You're redirecting me for a greater blessing in my life. Come on, somebody. Now you're touching the heart of the Father. Now it's not about you. It's about who? It's about him. I'm going to close here. So the laws of prosperity work the same as the laws of salvation, healing, and so forth. We have to respond to what grace has already provided. So then where is my faith involved? My faith is a response to what I believe I already have. I'm not doing something to try to get God to do something. I'm just simply responding to what I believe he's already done. So I don't tithe to get God to bless me. I believe I'm already blessed, and I respond by my giving to God. Did you all catch that? I'm going to work with this principle all the way through, okay? Linked Up Church is getting ready to come up. Linked Up is getting ready to come up. Anybody ready to go to the next level? That's where I've shifted in my thinking and my believing, okay? You don't have to turn there, but you know how Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the secret things belong unto God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. All right, that's so important for us to understand. I'm going to tell you why, and I'll close with this statement. These laws will work every time we put them to work. Anything that God taught Abraham still applies to us today. All right? Matter of fact, let me close this. If you don't believe that, folks then you've never met a Jew. Because their Bible is about this thing. It's called the Pentateuch. It is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's all they have. But they own 90% of this world's wealth. And their eyes don't even read what we read. So then clearly these laws work. I can't be more strong than what I just said. If you don't believe it, folks, then you've never met a a Jewish person. They don't have the big book that we have. It's about this thing. It's five books. And they own 90% of this world's wealth. How? Because it's a law. And it'll work for whoever will work it. So while they're out owning 90%, what are we doing? Let me tell you what we're doing. Let me tell you what we're doing. We're slaving over jobs that we don't want, which if you understand the curse, that is a curse. If you're earning income by the sweat of your brow and you're getting up every day going somewhere you can't stand being. So even though we have all this truth, you know why it's not working? It's because we're not working it. I've never in my life seen so many people challenge what God said. Now, granted, some people have done wrong by it and misused it and abused it, but it still doesn't make it any less the truth. This will work for anyone that will work it. Anyone get anything out of this today? Praise God. Praise God. Let's just all stand to our feet. Come on, let's lift our hands to the Father. I'm out of time today.
Minister Deanna Joe, she's going to close the service out today. A couple of things I need to do before I take off today. Let's just lift our hands to the Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I understand how this works. Your word tells us that one plants, one waters, but God, only you can give the increase. So I'm trusting today that you use me as a planter. But Father, they will look seriously at their lives. They'll go home, listen to SoundCloud, go back over their notes and begin to water what you planted into their hearts today so that they can live out the life that you desire and design for them to live. And ultimately, Father, I know that you're going to give them increase in revelation, increase in understanding, just increase in every area of their lives because of their desire to put to work, Father. The law is in place, but now they want to put the force behind it by putting the work in, which is responding with acts of faith to what we believe you've already provided for us through grace. And so, Father, I thank you that every person in this room, Father, will never be the same. By the time we finish this series, Father, this church will be on a completely different plateau. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, if you would look up here at me for a moment. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to pray with and for you today. Again, let's not walk out of here today the same way that we came in. You can say all day long, I don't believe in that church stuff. I don't believe in that word. The reality is, man, none of us can change what God has already created.